Hey folks. Hey folks. Welcome to another episode of Eigen Bros. This is uh, your boy Juan, Terrence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Today we're actually talking about uh, smartphone technology. Man, this is a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> this was Yo. a doozy because uh, it sort of blew my mind how much physics yeah. goes into that. Uh, and you'd be surprised if you haven't really given a lot of thought. Um the accumulation of knowledge necessary to make this piece of technology. It's pretty impressive. But yeah, it's, uh, (laughs) yeah. So yeah. What would you say that we kind of like, I guess maybe the sequence that we kind of followed. I'm trying to remember. So I know we started out with, um, I guess kind of the quantum parts of the phone. So we went into like the whole transistor, you know, the semi metal, uh, metal oxide, uh, semiconductor, Mm Um, we went into you know kind of the um, the uh, processor and the and the memory a little bit into the first part. Yeah, yeah. And then the screen. How did, this, how did that work? Yep. With the battery, battery along with that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And, and then um, what else? Uh, the networking. How yeah, the wireless yeah, yeah. signal actually is yeah, transmitted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we kind of ended off a little bit with the memory, a little bit more yeah. in depth. Yeah. So, then uh, I guess most importantly, we kind of opened with a sort of PSA. <laughs> about smartphones just you know for the youngsters for the youngsters be careful and just you know uh well it was mostly just you know these phones are and uh how would you say they're made in such a way where they p- constantly pull your attention and maybe you know maybe take some time relax breathe Meditate. Live, live in the moment, you know. <laughs> little, little yoga. Yeah, yeah. So don't, don't. If you disagree with my message, just comment. Okay, boomer. You know, just say something. Snarky. Oh God, we have a whole string of okay yeah, boomers. Okay boomers. Uh, no, just leave something snarky in the comments. And, uh, but if you actually enjoyed, the, if you actually enjoyed the discussion, stay till the end, and uh, we have a question for you, folks. Uh, Indeed, right here, and so. and uh, guys, just make sure once again to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Um, uh, we appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Make sure you check out the uh, Twitter I, mm. at EigenBros. Check out our website, EigenBros.com. Um, also, make sure to check out our TikTok, which is EigenBros2. Um, I fucked up the, <laughs> the first name <laughs> with EigenBros. <laughs> but got, yeah. You got locked out. I yeah. And then uh, also um, check out the Instagram, which is EigenBros there. Yeah. So, yeah. And then also, um, of course, if you're an audio listener, um, tune in. Um, uh, Spotify, yeah, yeah. Apple, Google Play, all that good stuff. Yeah. And we will see you guys in a bit. Three, two, one. We're live, folks. Another episode. Brand new episode of Eigen Bros. <laughs> uh, this week, as the introduction would have said, we're talking about smartphones. Indeed. The uh, <clears throat> The advent of such a technology... Good or bad? <laughs> you sound like a PBS as- yeah, episode. Yeah, this is uh, Mc- McLaugh- What is it? The McLaughlin Group or what is it called? I don't know. You know have you ever seen those shows with CBS or one of those channels where <laughs> they would just have random discussion groups of? I probably older have people. when I was a kid, but it's been yeah, so long. You know what man. I'm talking about? Yeah, I think I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always liked the one on Adult Swim. Um, what was it called? Uh, um. Like the more you know, or something. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this fake, yeah, this fake thing where they talk about you know, 
they describe certain things and it's really like uh, it, tr- it tries to do the infomercial or not the infomercial but the um, PBS thing yeah it's the same thing with like Arsenio you know if, if you ever watched Arsenio Hall did you watch Arsenio Hall no show? I didn't yeah he, it, it's <laughs> the same it's the same format you know where, where they like it's like Oprah show like people just they bring <laughs> on people to talk about certain things I see so in this case they're talking about we're talking about smartphones we're gonna try to emulate that today indeed and uh, and you know what? Let me sound off on on smartphones before we get into like the sure. technology. I think smartphones are a very dangerous, mentally dangerous kind of technology. Okay. Yeah. So you mean in what sense? I think you and I, for the younger generation, be careful with smartphones. I sound like an old person. I feel like <laughs> we need to put up a PSA now here. <laughs> <in a second. laughs> They're like, okay, boomer, shut up. Yeah. Um, no, but it's uh, I. They make the phones to be dope. I think people call them like dopamine factories. But yeah, you you get mm. they make them so that you're addicted to them. You, you maximize your screen time. Well, that's not. I wouldn't say that's the phone itself. Probably the software. The software. Yeah. The OS. Yeah. Yeah. But well, not the OS, but the software that comes yeah. to you because that's yeah. like companies that want you to play games. You know, when you're buying jewels for like a thousand dollars, and mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, companies want like little mm-hmm. mini games like on the internet. Um, and social media, of yeah. course, like those are the ones that want you to be addicted mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah. So in a sense, you know, the technology isn't necessarily the problem, but it's definitely the software. You have to be careful because that can hijack your brain. Yeah. To to <laughs> want to reach for your phone every time and and want to like you know, yeah. Does that happen with you? Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent happens. Okay. Especially now that I'm studying. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. studying and I'm like, <laughs> all right, you know what? Let me let me take a look. Let me take a let me just see what's going on in my news feed. Um, I've, like I've been so good at avoiding that yeah. until late because mm-hmm. just with the whole business that we're doing yeah, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm always on social media yeah, now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you have to stay on top of trending things and and yeah, yep. you you have to ride the, the the yeah man. It's it's rough. It it can kind of play with your you you sometimes don't even know what happened to time. Right. Because you're just like, right. Wow. It's already <laughs> was on my phone for you know, an hour or two just dicking around. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Scrolling, literally just scrolling. Scrolling scrolling YouTube (laughs) videos, going on Reddit or something, and then just rinse and repeat, baby. That's, you know. Right. Exactly, man. (laughs) Yeah. I've had, I've had, I've had pits. I've had pits I've fallen into and I'm like, this is not good. Yeah. And the other bad thing about it I've noticed is like, I'm not even really like learning information at any depth. It's like, I'm just scrolling and browsing a shit a bunch of like junk info you know yeah. it's like you don't you're not going into depth on anything no so at least the good thing i kind of save myself with mm. i feel like i'm putting out content yeah so when i'm putting out content i feel slightly better about mm. it but still you can get sucked in so be careful that's all that's all i'm going to say this yeah. is my psa before the the real meat and potatoes of this <laughs> discussion because the technology is amazing i don't i'm not one of these people that say you know we should get rid of the technology i think you you need to find a balance, um, like with using the technology as it's needed, and not necessarily have the technology use you or that kind of way. Right, you need yeah. to have control over it. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's kind of funny actually. Um, so where do we even where do what can we even begin? Because like, a lot of people say that. I mean, modern technology is built on the back of quantum mechanics. Right. Right. So true. 
like for them like everything like computer chips and stuff um but on a different level than say something like a quantum computer right like yes discernibly right like yeah it's, it's cause not you're saying like in difference of like maybe the um amount of quantumness yeah. is that what you're saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah i'd say that's fair because a quantum computer is like fully quantum right mm-hmm. i mean a smartphone is pretty damn quantum yeah it uses, in many ways yeah. but like the architecture of like how it computes things isn't quantum necessarily right right um it's kind of like yeah it's like on that borderline of quantum and classical i guess you could call it almost like semi-classical but then that's not accurate i wouldn't say maybe i should take that back not semi-classical <laughs> because um it does have quantum phenomenon. Like yes. things are quantum in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it definitely exploits quantum properties of like electrons to to reach certain. Yeah, like. Well, you can use. Well, spin. I gotta think now. You can use. You can use <laughs> I don't spin. Fuck up. Yeah, yeah. You can use spin and stuff, but like the modern tech is just kind of using like band I, calculation I guess. stuff, right? Like you can use, like the the sil- like most chips use silicon, right? And like they use yeah. the basically the knowledge we've accumulated with like band theory, um, how electron bands, how can you, how you can manipulate electron bands, um, <clears throat> of a certain material in this case, mm-hmm. silicon and that, that and I guess maybe you should explain mechanics. electron bands. Mm-hmm. Um, should I, should I give a definition? Sure. Yeah. So I guess electron band would be like the, um, <clears throat> so there's, there's metals, there's non-metals and then there's semiconductors mm-hmm. you can say. And of course, a metal is a conductor. I guess I should have said there's a non-conductor, there's conductors, <laughs> and then there's semiconductors. Yeah, yeah. And there's these things called, um, uh, I guess you could call the band structure of electrons. And electrons are basically what what move around in semiconductors to actually give you electricity, which I'm sure many of, many people already know here. Yeah. Um, but you can tune those bands, which is like the ability for the electrons to be free or moving within that material, mm-hmm. depending on like how you dope a material, which is like adding different kinds of metals into it, or maybe not even metals necessarily. Um, you could just tune these properties by changing the material type. Yeah. So the whole idea between, I mean, the whole the whole the the band structure stuff is it it can get kind of complicated because it's yeah. super abstract. It can get it do, it's not real it's not really and it's not in real like it doesn't exist in real space. It it, it exists in this sort of abstract sort of momentum space where we like to put electrons in yeah and uh, even that shit for me is like i'd have to like brush up on that to remember what yeah. the hell it's even talking about yeah because you have to <laughs> you know you you have to sort of you know kind of look at yeah it, it there's a lot to build on yeah so it, it's we'll just say that it's it lives in this momentum space or this case space as physicists like to call and and um and the electrons travel through you know, they, they sort of occupy these bands, so to say, or, or sort of levels. We'll just say levels. Mm-hmm. And depending on the type of material, like Terence is saying, you know, you have a metal, a semiconductor, and a conductor. A conductor is metallic. And that, the bands are above what's called the Fermi level. Okay. Yeah. If, if, and that level determines like the, ele- basically if the, the electrons are free to move around. Mm-hmm. above this and um when they reach sort of this conductive state and that's where right. metals that's where metal, most metals are and above that level and they're crossing the conduction band as people would like to say so right and all this falls into the realm of condensed matter <coughs> physics which is what me and juan do yeah. basically 
well, more so you, not me so much. I'm more <laughs> entrepreneur now, but, but this was what I was studying yeah. at the time in graduate school. But um, yeah, so I mean- It's just, it th- can get very complicated. Yeah. Long story short, <laughs> like there's a whole science behind yeah. just the changing the materials and then seeing how the electrons can flow in those yes. materials. Yeah. So so that's kind of what kind of led us on to this whole thing. Like uh, the biggest thing being the PN junction, right? Did you, did yeah. you touch into that? I did not. Okay. I did not, but I was more I mean, than happy to. Let's can, keep it we, flowing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we we can. This is sort of the foundation of it, I think. Um, a lot of semiconductors, right? Mm-hmm. Like just uh, the PN junction is, you have a basically a positive material, or what would you call it? Yeah, a positive. Yeah. So, um, so I guess with the PN junction, mm-hmm. one's talking about with the PN junction. This is kind of one of the big. Um, parts of transistors. Mm-hmm. So the transistor, of course, was invented. What was it? Do you remember the late year it was invented? Late nineteen, late nineteen, something nineteen eighty, nineteen seventy. No, before that. Really? Yeah, because the seventies they had um, TVs and stuff. So you have to have a. Nah, but semiconductors. You had to have a, semiconductors. I think no transistor. Oh. So yeah, the transistor yeah, existed that, yeah, before yeah, yeah. the seventies for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but whatever year it was. Um, it was in a black and white year. <laughs> Whatever that where is. People t- where people talk like this. <laughs> yeah. Get your new TV, folks. Yeah. The transistor. <laughs> changing the future. <laughs> Cathode but, uh, ray tubes. Get them now, folks. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, what, but whatever. The transistor was invented and it uses PN junctions. So, uh-huh. of course, back then, I don't, I don't know if the if the mechanism was still the same, it's probably like a less complex or it's probably like a more like creative way to do it. But the PN junction was this big revolution in the sense that you could make a positively charged um, material mm-hmm. and a negatively charged material. So the P comes from positive and the N comes from negative. Mm-hmm. And then they can have some interplay with exchanging electrons. Yes. But go ahead. And, th- and that made it much more efficient than what was previously used before. Yeah, um, I be- guess they probably just use like an ath- an ath- uh, anode yeah, and a cathode yeah, or something. Yeah. More than likely, yeah. They, it, it, it's probably really big, so I think the PN junction allowed it to scale exactly, down. Exactly, yeah. exactly, and and then now you're just limited by the engineering. Yeah. So so that changed that changed the game because well now you didn't need to power <clears throat> now you didn't need to power this thing in a level where you had to drive electrons through the to sort of create this potential or whatever you wanted to do with it to well, create I think the transistor. to be fair you still do need a bias voltage yeah, you do, you do. okay yeah you do but but, but it's very it's small very, much smaller yeah. than what was used before and and uh and yeah th- this this pretty much led the revolution um i remember reading somewhere that uh the, i think i think it was built in bell labs i think the first yeah. trend, right i'm pretty sure it's like bardine cooper you know that guy he, one he of got, those guys yeah, yeah he got the the nobel prize twice nice He's the guy who did the BCS theory too. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like I think he's one of the only guys who got uh, Nobel two? Prize two two times. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Props to him. He um yeah, I mean I I remember reading a quote where he he came home one evening and like uh his wife I think was like, "So how was work?" and he was like, "Yeah, I think we like revolutionized the world." <laughs> or something like he said something like that to the effect of right. that and it was kind of so offhand and she was like, "Oh, cool." And then <laughs> like, "Yeah." 
what's for dinner <laughs> isn't it crazy like how like a physicist will know just like if they would if they just like change the game yeah <laughs> but yeah. like every but a lot of people around them would just be like oh nice okay yeah <laughs> but you know then, if you come up with something crazy you just like i don't know how he could even contain himself like holy yeah. fuck yeah i know <laughs> you can be rich beyond your wildest dreams yeah um but yeah i mean it, it yeah, I what mean, he should have done was just taken that idea and made a company. <laughs> <laughs> he should have trillionaire. He, yeah, he should have. Patented I mean, the that's what those guys at Intel did. That's what one of those guys. I'm pretty really? sure that's what one of those guys did. I'm sure it's. There was a guy in the team. I, I think that's the story. One of those guys that were working on that, the, the first transistors or something. Okay. They they went and started Intel or something. Okay. And okay. Then, uh, yeah. But anyway, maybe it was the Moore guy. I, I, look, I don't. I should probably know all this. But I, but I, it's a lot to digest. We got too much shit on our <laughs> the minds. The thing is, the history of it is not. You know, they don't they don't teach us history. Who, no, who, who, who has time for that? <laughs> anyway, folks, uh, <laughs> um, back on know, track. Back on track here. You know, this wasn't even scheduled. I just wanted to get into the some of the physics of the technology. Mm. Well, I definitely think we should go physics heavy. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. Let's go physics heavy because I've looked on YouTube. There's a bunch of yeah. videos like engineering side and mm -hmm. like layman friendly, but I think people here want to hear more like the physics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, this is exactly what I want. Well, that's kind of a crash course for you right there. Like, yeah, you know, just that's really that's that's pretty much the foundation of of the technology. After that, it's mm -hmm. it's tuning it into a way, you know, Moore's law. You know, we're yep. scaling down and we're getting closer and closer to the quantum limit in a way. Yeah. So let's um, explain that. So yeah. basically more. Do you remember his name? His first name? I was going to say Alan. <laughs> <laughs> you watch too much Watchmen. Not Alan Moore. <laughs> um, the Moore's Law guy, whatever his first name is, I'll put it. I'll put his face on the uh, YouTube video. Uh -huh. Um he is basically responsible for saying that essentially he made this, I think it's kind of a rough law where he mm -hmm. was saying that computing power should double every mm -hmm. year, I believe, was it one? Do you remember if it was a yeah, year, year time every scale? every two years. Yeah, some, some year annual-ish time, time scale. scale yeah. um, and his law is pretty much correct. So, I mean, that was a huge thing because then basically all computing companies just um, built their companies around that kind of architecture. So then computer companies were just like, we literally can just ride this wave of just making things smaller and exactly, smaller every exactly, year. Exactly. And everyone has a clear plan and vision. Uh -huh. So it, it was kind of nice because it like unified everyone. Yes. Um, we're still in Moore's Law territory, I guess. We're actually going a little bit faster than Moore's Law, I think they mm -hmm. said mm -hmm. lately. Um, but of course, people are a little bit... Um, they're a little bit worried because we are getting smaller and smaller, and eventually mm -hmm. there is a limit to Moore's law. Yes, because you know the limit is of the atom. Yes, you know if you can do computations on an atom, then yeah. I mean I don't know. Maybe there's some quantum um, uh, 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 string theory thing in the future that we can do, <laughs> <laughs> but that's so beyond us. Like yeah. I couldn't even uh, speculate on yeah. that. No, the issue, the issue, as you scaled it, I mean this kind of came to the forefront i think at the turn of the century like early 2000s because mm -hmm. people were obsessed with finding a replacement and that replacement was graphene graphene kind of came in the news right yeah because it was a conductor and you know all this other stuff and you can easily manufacture it it's available and all that stuff and, mm -hmm. and uh yeah it we are we're still looking for a good enough candidate that can scale down like silicon and stuff like that. We we still haven't found anything that's on par, right? Um, 
to manufacture on an, an industrial scale. So, yeah, graphing got a little bit more promising lately with mm -hmm. the whole magic number, exactly, uh, magic, yeah. angles magic angles yeah. thing, yeah. which is basically they had a way where they found graphing is usually in two-dimensional sheets, so you can just mm -hmm. think of it like a sheet, literally like a sheet, sheet of paper, paper yeah. if you want. And uh, they found a way to have two sheets laid on top of one another, and then you rotate it at a certain angle, and you can actually get a better um, a better conduction, I believe. Changes the band structure. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and everybody went kind of crazy for that one. So or it affects the band structure. I should say. So yeah, yeah, so graphene might have some more potential in the future. Who knows? It's, it's like this potentially wonder material, but you know, who we'll see in the future. Right. But yeah, like we're still, we're still desperately looking for something like for, for a replacement. And, uh, and the, the fact that there's, there's uh, certain limitations, for instance, um, the the sort of quantum confinement limitation meaning like you get current leakage because you're you're sort of if if you've studied quantum mechanics you can sort of think about it like your step potential or your potential is getting small enough to where you get quantum tunneling right so um, basically to to summarize that up in mm -hmm. a simple simple way it's mm -hmm. just you're saying that um if we imagine there's an array of mm -hmm. atoms let's just say yes and each of those or I'll say an array of transistors because we're not at the, we're not at the level of atoms, but the transistors are so small now that quantum effects are taking a hold now mm -hmm. in a bad way. So it's it's actually being leaking electrons from those transistors because they're so small. Basically, on the quantum world, in the quantum world, you have strange effects where electrons can actually tunnel through walls barriers, and barriers. Yeah. yeah. So. Of course, you don't want that because you want your electrons to be contained within the transistor because you want to do that operation within the transistor. So when you have leaking, you're actually affecting other transistors and you might be doing operations that you don't want to do. Yeah, that affects so, your error rate and your process. Like it throws everything out of out of whack. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you no longer have control over your transistors or your processors or whatever. So you don't want to you don't want that to happen. Yeah. You know. Um, so, so they're coming up with clever ways to mitigate that. Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And that's that's one of the main issues and <clears throat> and they want to scale down. I mean, when you scale down, you you get better heat efficiency mm -hmm. and less power that you need to to power the transistors. So, right. Right. Yeah. I mean, now they're down to what seven nanometers without. I think. I think you're right. It's something like that. Seven something nanometers. Crazy. Yeah. Seven <laughs> nanometers without without having any like these. Or without minimizing the the, the quantum right. effects, I and that's see. seven billionths of a meter. <laughs> <laughs> if you can even conceptualize yeah. that number, probably not. <laughs> it's 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 nuts. It really is, and um, it might get better. It might not. I don't know. It's um, but companies do want to keep scaling down. They want to be able to pack as many transistors as they can for right. sure in in a small amount of space. So. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, and that, that's the state of, that's the state of where we're at. Um, with storage, with storage, and, and with stuff. Um, processing ability yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. your phones use that same kind of architecture. So exactly with the for smart the processors, right? Yeah, yeah, for the processors and for the um, storage. Oh, for the right? for, oh for the memory. Yeah, for yes, memory yes, storage. Yes. Yeah. So with the processor, um, it's a little bit different because most cell phones nowadays use ARM processors. Now, I will admit I didn't get to do enough research <laughs> on this, so I don't want to say too much about them. Uh -huh. But there are a couple different architectures for computing. Mm -hmm. your, your CPU that you use in computer is different than the one that you'll use in your cell phone. Mm -hmm. The ARM processor is made specifically for the computer chips in cell phones. Yeah. So cell phones, they actually have this... Um, 
this framework for their chips called SOC, which is System on Chip. System on Chip, yeah. So basically, System on Chip is just saying that they could they put everything on your chip. So it's got your CPU, it's got your GPU, it's got your memory, it's got your um, what else is there? Uh, I mean, your audio, all that. It's, it's got a everything got, is integrated. Yeah, it's got all this stuff integrated on one chip. Yeah. So with your PC, if you notice, if you look in. You know, if you open up your PC and see your motherboard, mm-hmm. um, I'll put a picture on mine, one. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I was looking at Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I thought you were trying to see if you can show <laughs> something to the camera. But, um, yeah, if you put all of that stuff, or they put all of that stuff into your chip, then, then you might say, like, um, why is it that my computer motherboard needs to be so huge? And the reasoning is because you could probably guess because your computer's going to be a better version of that. So your processing power is going to be way better than what you'll have on your cell phone. Right. Of course, you might be like, well, my cell phone runs games really well on it and stuff. But that's because it's been optimized with that ARM chip. Exactly. So it's under a different kind of architecture, really exploiting the perfect way to operate on your yeah. phone. Um, and, that, and that's kind of why you see... And that that's really the key here. The, the, the This is what... This is kind of... A, we're, diverging a little bit but sure um companies are able to to streamline a certain product to where you know integrating the chip and everything makes it so that they cannot like Terrence is saying they can optimize the the experience and one company that's really good at this or that's known most most well for this is apple mm. they they optimize the crap out of their stuff and yeah they use like relatively affordable hardware but mm-hmm. the way the way that they optimize things they make it they make it in such a way where they're able to give a consistent product and stuff like that and 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 I think you know if you and I are both android users by choice yeah. by choice I'm going to tell you folks by choice not, uh, <laughs> yeah so this is the thing people don't realize is you know there's the the people who are tech savvy and like tech stuff are yeah. usually going to be like android yeah users yeah and that's because apple i mean it's great they have a lot of optimized stuff but if you're a tinkerer and you like to do things yourself it's not the ideal right because they have so many proprietary locks on all their stuff yeah you know their parts are kind of overpriced right um it's not ideal if you want to tinker with your systems right right yeah it it, i mean a teacher zone i know i know a lot of smart people that just don't even care they're just like whatever i'm just yeah. gonna go with that uh, with the apple phone but but the credit to them they actually do stream they're probably that they have the best optimized phone um in terms of like experience and hardware and stuff like that and but but it's because like terrence is saying they put they integrate everything onto a chip mm-hmm. they manufacture everything they in, in the in the process line and everything so um do they actually make their own chips I think, with Apple? Well, they yeah, I think they they do everything in house. Okay, so, so from like, yeah, but do they? I wonder if they actually make the chips. No, though. no, they contract. Okay, to I like thought Foxconn so. Foxconn or something, but they Probably build Qualcomm. the architecture. Qualcomm. Yeah, but but they 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 build the architecture for yeah. the phone from from scratch. Everything else, yeah. yeah, they try to link up in such a way where Apple's quality. Is yeah. Good. So what what you'll see for most like Android phones or something, um, or basically anything that probably isn't Apple or Samsung. Yeah, they'll hire. They'll take parts from different companies and build a phone like that, um, and that and that's kind of tricky because then you know they they after the fact they they optimize it. They don't build the hardware like or the architecture um, from scratch. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
So you're going to be losing some things in that process. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you're, what you're, Juan is saying. You're going to cut corners here. and stuff. Yeah. 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 So you're, or you're going to have to like, you won't be able to use this part to its fullest extent because it actually has to help some other part or something. Yeah. 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 You don't have full control over the yeah yeah the the, the way yeah. you built it. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean that that's what basically what most phones. That's kind of the breakdown of what the, yeah. the phone market looks like and stuff, or the technology market in general. That's how they kind of do things, but. Right. Um, but yeah, um, like one thing, I, one thing that you didn't put on here was kind of interesting, actually. Uh, batteries. Oh yeah. Well, I tried to keep it minimal because I wasn't sure how much time we'd actually okay, have. Then don't worry about it. But yeah, we can talk about it. Let's do it. Well, batteries, we do it. Bat honestly today, if you want to talk about the technology that's going to affect smartphones, yeah. Processing power. That's like the my main one. Mm -hmm. Um, and battery life. Mm -hmm. Imagine if your smartphone could survive a week without charging. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know that would That'd be, be great, game changer. Yeah, because I mean, you and I both know we grew up with like flip phones. Right. <laughs> you didn't <laughs> have the, to charge that beast for yeah, like. <laughs> that's true for like days. Yeah, at least I remember, four or five days. I, I remember. Yeah, I left. I didn't touch my phone. My flip phone. It was like a Kyocera phone or something. I don't, I don't even know, know what the hell that, that is. Exists anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It was a Kyocera phone and, and uh, probably some Korean company. I don't know. They had, <laughs> and I remember losing it for, for like two weeks, solid. Mm -hmm. And I found it again. Still at charge. <laughs> still at charge, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 20%, but it's Plates still at charge. Plates of snake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, man, like, but, but and, the, and the reason why is because nowadays the main drawback for power is the touchscreen. The touchscreen takes mm -hmm. a lot of real estate. Right, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Because because I mean the operating system is is optimized enough to where you have to minimize like the usage. There are apps out there that like Apple's really good at this. They they build it. They force the the, the people who make the apps to optimize uh, their apps so that it doesn't take a battery. But as Terrence and I know, uh, like most other phones like Android and whatever, they they don't necessarily enforce that. So the right. quality, the quality drops and whatever. Right. So anyway, um, but nonetheless, this the main drawback for phones of power consumption are are the the screens. Yeah. Okay. Um, Interesting. So so either the technology of the screens need to get better, which they it has been with OLEDs. Yeah. OLEDs for you folks out there. Um, those are the ones that can bend and stuff too. So have you seen those folding phones? Those are OLED yeah. screens. Those are OLEDs, and OLEDs are actually great, like for like saving power. Do you know? Really? Do you know how they work? I know they're organic. But yeah, that's all I know. So, so with OLED, OLEDs, you have apparently you have. This is also quantum mechanics, but like mm -hmm. <laughs> LEDs, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe should we get into that? <laughs> sure, we can do whatever, man. Let's man, get into the so physics. so much. It's because there's so much physics and all this technology that it's. Yeah, if if you really. Yeah. I mean, the smartphone is truly a wonder of science. Like it really is. It's truly a product of like you can only build this in this time period. Like mm -hmm. it requires so much physics and engineering understanding that it's mind blowing that the human race has gotten to this point and put all this stuff together. Yeah, it's like no one could have predicted this. No, <laughs> to be to be. I mean, even Star Trek, which has replicators and you know. <laughs> Fast and light travel and yeah. things could never have predicted the smartphone and its incantation. They had worse 
uh, communication devices in Star Trek. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. it's it's beyond our imagination. It, it just shows how obsessed we are with communicating with each other. Right. Yeah, information. <laughs> yeah, we love information. This we is love, this is the age of information. I think one hundred percent is yeah, yeah. Um, and communication and all that. So, but yeah, it's um, the LEDs are also another construct of quantum mechanics, um, and LEDs they're it, it's an acronym for light emitting diodes. Mm-hmm. And again, diodes, you know, very sim- cousins to transistors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, what, what would you say? What makes the biggest difference between a diode and a transistor? What would you say? See, I don't know enough because it's like an engineering component. Mm-hmm. I never studied it well enough. But a diode is essentially just a. a so a diode is um, a, a what can I call it a. Um, a component, let's say a component in like if you built circuits mm-hmm. where you can only put current one direction. Yes. Or at least you're supposed to. If you put it the other direction, then you're going to fry it or or I guess sometimes you can get leakage on the other side. I don't mm-hmm. really know the details, but essentially its job is to let current go one, one direction. Way. Yeah. Um, but that now, makes it such... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I just don't know how that is going to be distinguished from a transistor. Well, a transistor I know allows you to pass current on or off depending on if there's a bias voltage um other than that i don't really know how that would change for diode maybe because diodes use um well diodes well maybe not i don't want to well diodes would necessarily use less so so the the reason why diodes are good like terrence is saying it's a one-way street um that way you don't have to supply a, a lot of power like a bias voltage because if if you make it if you make one of the if you make the junction, I guess, um, enough to where current is, it easily flows through one way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to like the bias voltage. When you but do supply. do diodes um, use quantum mechanics at all? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So maybe it is. I was trying to think, I was thinking more of like a spin valve scenario. Yeah. So a spin valve is another component that's used <laughs> in phones. Yes. I'm, I'm not trying to divert too much, but it kind of is related to diode in some okay. sense. Okay. Because a spin valve is, you can imagine two layers, like right? So you imagine one layer of um, like two magnets, let's say. Mm-hmm. One magnet is hard, we'll call it yeah. a hard magnet, where it cannot change its direction. Yes. So it's got a magnetic field pointing up, let's say. The other magnet is a free magnet where it can switch either up or down. You can send spin current or basically current that's polarized in a certain direction so this so the magnetic moments of electrons are yeah. polarized in one direction we've talked about that in our quantum mechanics video if you yeah. want to check that out go back, go back and watch it yeah. um but electrons are essentially tiny magnets so when the magnets are aligned in the same direction as your hard magnet and the free one is aligned in the same direction then the electrons pass through yes. freely Right, so it's like a filter. Yeah, it's I guess like a filter. It's maybe not a diode, but that's what I was trying to think of. Maybe the diode does something like that, where it only goes one direction. But then again, I guess you could have like a spin valve on the other side where it's locked or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know though. Well, the diode, the the, effic- the diodes are more efficient. They they construct them because they're more efficient to to. They just they require less power to use, and the structure of the engineer or the engineering is necessarily. You make the diodes in a way, especially the light emitting kind, yeah. to where you're, you will get a byproduct of light um, when you when oh. you get when you basically when the current or when the basically the electrons flow one way. So so you can kind of get an emission, a light emission from. Oh, so it's actually electrons releasing light. 
Well, you get photo emission, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's so hard to make them like that. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can use organic compounds and stuff. If I remember correctly, I'm remembering back... So is it photoluminescence? Uh, some of them use photoluminescence. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PL, well, the acronym is PL, but yeah, it's... Um, I, my old lab, we used to actually synthesize um, photoluminescent nanoparticles. And... Uh, I mean, we didn't. I never made diodes, but mm -hmm. uh, it's sort of analogous to. <clears throat> I mean, you you could build LEDs using this, but yeah. But the idea is that these uh, you don't require. You basically shine. You don't need a lot of energy to make to excite these electrons so that they can emit mm. uh, photons in a certain. Uh, how would you say wavelength? Yeah. So so yeah, and that's what makes them so popular for using on TVs because they don't need a lot of energy to be excite, excited right, photoelectrically right. or photo um, to, to emit photons or whatever of a I particular see. wavelength. So uh, for organic LEDs, it's it's a lot easier because it's um, you get to shut down. Actually, Javon would be able to talk about this. Yeah, he, he would. He would. He literally worked. Our, one of our friends, he worked exactly on a project like this. Yeah. We need to get start start getting more guests <laughs> who know what the fuck they're talking about but, at a deeper level. But I'm I'm going on I'm I'm running off of like memory here and if I remember correctly, the organic LEDs are a lot more efficient at being able to have an on off state mm. for currents. Okay. Like for generating currents. So I see. you save more power and there's less current leaking mm. um, out of this the out of the diode in a way. Do you know why they have it so that the property of OLEDs can be bent? Because they're okay. I just maybe answer the question uh -huh. myself. Because they're because they're independent from each other. Uh -huh, like they exactly. don't have to be in an array exactly. that's connected. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it, it it's all quantum mechanics, and you can change you can change the. I know with with diodes at least. I don't know about like nanoparticles and stuff, but you can change how the there's like channels that you can make, mm -hmm. and that affects the wave the size of the wavelength that's emitted so you can you can tune the 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 sort of gap mm -hmm. in a way to where you get certain wavelengths uh that you want to get so, i see so it's and the nobel prize was actually given like several years ago for the um, blue led there you go and i guess that allows them to make rgb and that was probably one of the last pieces to make some of this crazy technology coming up with light. There you so, go, man. Yeah, and that wasn't that far. No. That wasn't that long ago. Like, no. That was like a couple of years ago or something. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Or, it was or maybe not a couple, but like, what, four years 20, ago or something? 2014, 2014? Something okay. like that. Okay. Yeah. So five years ago. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, it's, um. but yeah, LEDs use, Um. we, we go to that because they use less power and energy as compared to their LCD cousins, which are liquid mm. crystal displays or something. Right. Um, I remember you used to do the screen on your laptop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I used yeah, to love yeah. that as a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So LCDs, you, you can probably go through your laptop and do it because a lot of laptop screens are LCDs more than like. No, mine aren't. Or if it is, then it's like it's got a layer of better glass or something nice. where I can't do it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, most of them have evolved, but yeah, it's uh. LEDs use a lot more power because they have to turn... Like, with LEDs, you can turn individual LEDs off. Right. So you can save power and... Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So it, it saves you so much energy if you want to, mm. like... If you want to save battery life on your phone or whatever. Right, uh, right. As opposed to LEDs, LEDs need the back need a backlight to, mm -hmm. to, to, to give you uh, an image. So 
in a lot of ways, the physics was physics was kind of driving this innovation in a way. Yeah, as, as we yeah. were as we were pushing the boundary um, along. Yeah, apparently uh, condensed matter physicists get shit done. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm yeah. not surprised. I got to say because they're basically like engineering people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like condensed matter people are usually on the on the uh, you know on the in cutting the, edge. On the, they're they're in they're in the territory of like engineer mode almost yeah. in some ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, we're we're R and D people for yeah. the most part. We're yeah. research and development kind of people. But, but yeah, it's uh, but that's pretty much. So yeah, so then you get with, you either have to do that. You have to make get a new screen, get a screen that takes less energy, or, or you know, use um, or find new battery technology. And honestly, the battery technology thing is the hardest problem right now that we haven't really been able to solve. Right. Um, no big strides have come from that. Isn't that crazy? There's been some big ones, I guess you uh-huh. could say, because like, you know, like Tesla uses the lithium ion packs and everything mm-hmm. now. And I mean, you can power a whole car to go, you know, 300 miles yeah. or so. So, I mean, that's pretty good. But like, but the fun- we want more, right? Yeah, we fun- want more. Yeah. The fundamental principle of a battery has not changed. Yeah. There's been no like revolution of no. battery technology. No, no, no. And can, can, maybe can we even, let's try to like bullshit our way. So this is going to be a bullshit physics alert. <laughs> can we like speculate here, Juan? What, do you think, is there any way that you could see us coming up with some, can you conceptualize some potential battery technology that might be next step if we can, if the physics pans out or if this might seem feasible? Okay. Well, I can only give that if I just I want to give the audience an idea of how batteries even work. Sure, let's general, do it. Because it's like what we have now is is very simple and rudimentary. You can look up uh, the Egyptians actually had crude batteries. Yeah, um, works the same way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's just basically you create a, a a channel of electrons, basically going from one direction to another, from positive to negative. It's just literally creating uh, a difference in charges. Mm-hmm. Like, so th- we call that like an ion channel or whatever. Um, your body functions the same way. You have ion channels and stuff. So this is a very simple thing that we we pretty much do, and we we do that with batteries. Yes, yeah. very simple. You get a material that has positively charged, you know, carriers or whatever, and then you have another side that's negative, and then the electrons mm-hmm. flow when you connect two. Yep. So. So they always want to flow in a certain direction. Yeah. So and once they flow into the other direction, you might be like, "Oh, why doesn't it just stop?" Well, they get recombined in mm-hmm. another section, mm-hmm. and then those get stripped off again, and it just yeah. re- cycle repeats and repeats. Yep. That's also why a battery corrodes and decays mm-hmm. because eventually it will but get bad. So many cycles. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a chemical process. Exactly. So it's not going to last forever. Yeah. So when you open batteries up, you'll see that actually, yeah, that's there's. It's lithium. It's min- it's like metals and yeah. It's chem- you know chemicals yeah that are in there and they're powering through this and yeah you get acid you get battery acid when you mm-hmm. open them up and stuff yeah. which can be corrosive so be careful if you ever mess with batteries right I didn't know that as a kid I did I mean I, I didn't I didn't but I saw it all the time as a kid yeah and I would mess with it <laughs> I was like this is cool yeah me too me too man I yeah I was always curious how they worked because I was like how do you yeah what the hell is in this thing <laughs> yeah meanwhile the battery's got all this white gunk around it and I'm just touching it <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like salt from the corrosion and stuff right yeah it's um it's I mean batteries are fascinating but I don't know I I think 
I think maybe if we could, if we could optimize it in a way where I, it's it's hard to say. I I think. Do you think it could be optimized? Though I'm not convinced it can be optimized because I think we would have come up with that already. So I'm thinking there has to be a new architecture somehow. People have speculated that you can. I know that. I know that there are certain. <clears throat> you can intercalate layers, meaning meaning you can like layer batteries to create. Um, to make it more efficient, but I I don't even I can't even fathom what else you could do. Uh, I mean, you would need to find some material with very interesting properties yeah. that could allow you to not only store a lot of energy but mm-hmm. um, have the electrons easily flow through it. Um, right, right. Without impeding a lot of the electrons to go from one, you know, one. Well, I guess it'd be a problem also of having enough electrons, right? Yeah, because you'd have to have enough stored up, like let's say, like, exactly we imagine like mean. a container. Yeah. So we'd have to. So I guess it'd have to be a way where you could pack a bunch of electrons in there mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah, the energy density would be huge for a battery. Like yeah, that. and I think I mean that's why those. Uh, I mean that's why the Tesla ones always like kind of like are so catch fire and are very sensitive because mm-hmm. like these they engineer them in a way where they're so there's so much energy stored, chemical energy stored in them. Right. They're very dangerous when you yeah. try to mess with them. Super hazardous. I mean, your car battery is the same, pretty yeah. much. They tell you not to like mess with it. If it catches fire, run away. Like that thing yeah. explode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's yeah, it's serious. Yeah, like, it's true. <laughs> but yeah, I um, saw uh, just to interrupt real quick. I mm-hmm. saw a guy who um, kind of builds his own Teslas, yeah. or at least he salvages Teslas. Are you talking about rich. Rich rebuilds this guy. Maybe he's a YouTube. He's a YouTube channel. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a black dude with glasses. Black dude with glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was messing with the battery the other day, and yeah. on, I was like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> I would not be so cavalier about drilling that battery. Uh-huh. And, you know, I 100 percent agree. But I mean, he built a whole test himself, so I really can't say much. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, I yeah, but I, he I, had some balls. <laughs> I respect him. He's really. He's a really cool guy. If you're interested in like, if you're a tinker. Check his YouTube channel because he he does. Some Pl- really plug cool the stuff. channel again. Uh, Rich rebuilds. Okay. Yeah, he's he he he's basically he's there's a community of guys out there that are converting get regular gas cars into electric vehicles. Mm. Um, basically, just putting batteries in them and and or how to engineer batteries in them. He did a whole interview on Joe Rogan too, yeah, so check yeah. that one out. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I, I liked it. it. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, but the tech, the battery tech has to get better, and I think I think as EVs get more popular and battery technology improves, people they're going to be more people tackling this problem of of you know can we find better materials? Can we engineer this in a way that's better? You know whatever what are our limitations or understanding of how to store energy and stuff like mm-hmm. that? Because like like I was saying, this battery technology hasn't changed in almost two thousand three thousand years. <laughs> yeah. So I think the big hurdle we got to figure out a way to get a big energy density somehow, yeah, yeah. or maybe some clever thing. I don't know. I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything either. Okay. <laughs> this is beyond <laughs> our. Uh, that's what I'm saying. We no no. I don't think that many people are, are very interested or care because we get by and we yeah. we get by enough with what we have. Right. Um, we we you know we'd rather fine tune these other things like improve the the screen technology or right. whatever or optimize the software so it doesn't take things with more clear roads and pathways right. to fix yeah 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 so um so yeah you know what's funny i always wondered how the heck the touchscreen worked yeah so that's glad you asked <laughs> so because because yeah I, I always like you know when i saw 
when the first touchscreens came about, mm-hmm. it, it was interesting because you you worked with your finger and not with like a, an inanimate object like right. a pencil or something. For the phones, you mean? Because the there phones. were touchscreens yeah, yeah, yeah. before the phones yes. that did work with pens and things. Yes, yes, yes. But yes, very true one. Yeah. So that's actually, um, yeah, that's really interesting. Do you know why that that is? Yes. So the touchscreen on the phones are a special type of touchscreen called capacitive touch uh-huh. sensor screens. Um, and essentially, capacitive touch sensors are reading the change in the electric field or the change in either the electric field or the magnetic field. I think it's the electric field, we'll say. Yeah, let's say the electric field. That makes more <laughs> sense. So it's a change in the electric field um, as you get closer to the phone. So if you remember back in the days, we had those. That those um, touchscreens you would see in museums or in the grocery stores, you still see them. You know, when you try to write sign your name in in uh, in uh, the grocery store, it's like really shit. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they don't use capacitive touch; they still yeah. use the old resistive touch, mm-hmm. which basically is a force being applied onto a screen, uh, and two screens touch and form a conducting pathway. With these capacitive touchscreens, I mean, we might as well just watch the video. So I got a mm-hmm. video actually here yeah. that will explain it. So let's just pull that up here, and um, it might make more sense mm-hmm. um, how but essentially I'll just give the preface of essentially what's happening is um, you are changing the electric field as your finger approaches yeah. the screen and, um, and and the reason an inanimate object doesn't do that is because they're non-conductive and things like that so mm-hmm. water does it because you know water is a polarized molecule and has some issues yeah, or it, it makes the electric field affected. That's why your phone I've, gives you the, the signal of you have water on it. I've noticed, I've noticed that it, it does, uh, whenever I splash water on my phone screen and it'll think I'm touching it. And yeah. Like, and it freaks out. Yeah. It freaks out. Yeah. It's, it's kind of nuts, but anyway, so it's got to do with the water in your finger, but gotcha. anyway, let's go ahead gotcha. and uh, play okay. the video. So I have this video here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see what we get. such as your fingertip. This touchscreen is composed of two transparent diamond grid patterns printed on polyester with an optically clear insulator in the middle. The diamond grid pattern is printed with a transparent material called indium tin oxide, or ITO, which acts as a conductor. Let's take a closer look on how it works. Say we build a bunch of electrons on this blue diamond. However, because there is an insulator in the way, the electrons cannot move. The electrons generate a negative electric field, which causes a bunch of positive charges to build up on the yellow diamond. This is called a capacitor. Now, when so maybe maybe we sh- you know they're kind of they're kind of using a lot of uh, of jargon here. Oh, you think? <laughs> I think so. Maybe okay. let's break it down for the folks that are listening. Sure. So what 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 is a so what is a capacitor? So a capacitor is just a, it's kind of like a battery in very a lot of ways, except <laughs> it's a battery that stops. So you know how I mentioned earlier that the battery, you know, once the electrons go through a path and they get to the other side, they continue on and yeah. then they recombine and yeah. then they get stripped off again. Yeah. With a capacitor, instead of recombining, they just stop. Yeah. And then eventually once all the electrons go to one side, everything's fixed. Mm-hmm. So a capacitor you would see most commonly is two plates. So a parallel plate capacitor has a charge on one plate 
and then an opposite charge on the other, mm-hmm. and you actually could, you actually create a voltage between those two uh, mm-hmm. plates. Yeah. So, and and in a similar manner, they they say that this is what occurs here. So. Conductive material such as the tip of your finger close to this capacitor, it disrupts the electric field, which changes the amount of positive charges that build up on the yellow diamond. The change in positive charges on the yellow diamond is measured, and the processor registers this as a touch. The location of the touch is detected by scanning the charges or voltage along the blue diamond while actively measuring each yellow diamond column. Note that each row of blue diamonds is connected together. Also, each column of yellow diamonds is connected. This setup makes a grid of blue columns and yellow rows. Just to clarify again, all of these components are made with transparent materials. Measuring each point requires too much circuitry, so we only measure each column. The charge or voltage gets sent to each row in quick succession, so the processor can register multiple touches at once. Okay. So yeah, it's uh I mean this this I mean the touchscreen tech doesn't really use like too much quantum mechanics but nope. It's just kind of a It's clever. It's just clever. It cuz like Terence is saying there used to be resistive touch. Yeah. So yeah. I think the big stride was that was probably the material itself yeah. because if I don't remember if they mentioned it in that part of the video but I think they did. It was indium tin oxide. Yes, yes, so yeah. that material probably I didn't. I didn't research this, so don't quote me on this. But I imagine it was probably something that was constructed later on, yes, and it allowed sure. enough enough of a change in electric field where they could actually do it on a screen. Yeah. And the whole fact that it's invisible because it's small enough. Yeah. So the wavelength of light of the material. This again has to do with the band character, the band properties of it, mm-hmm. so that light could easily pass through. And it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't obscure with your screen yeah. vision, which is cool. That's the, but that's condensed matter that's quantum mechanics so yeah mm-hmm. i guess i guess maybe it is quantum mechanics yeah so there's <laughs> gotta be there's a little bit but yeah. it's not the, the the overall mechanism is not yeah. quantum yeah but it's it's cool it's cool cool yeah. lo- cool little tech thing um um but but yeah i mean there's just there's a lot packed in regular smartphone man it's there is you know, man you get i mean there's so many there's so many things in physics that come together. I mean, just the camera, you know, you have to go into optics. Oh, yeah. If you basically want to learn all of physics, just study the smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally every part of physics is utilized. You're not in kidding. That. You're not kidding because I'm not. <laughs> they, we have to use GPS, which is relativity, <laughs> to, locate the, it. to locate the phone. Yep. Man, you're E&M totally is right. pretty much every other part of it. Quantum mechanics is all the base of everything. Yeah. Classical mechanics is just going to be some of the other... In between stuff, that's the normal. Well, the accelerometer, you have to. So your yep. phone actually, some phones they built them to where they can sense when they're falling. Yeah, and I think sh- most of them had that. And shut down, or yeah, 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 shut down and and like to save in case something happens, uh, it saves the the phone. Well, I know they have accelerometers to also help out the GPS. I think for more local accuracy. Mm-hmm. So when you have the accelerometer, you can actually tell the speed of your car more accurately because yes. it kind of cross-checks your GPS location with your phone mm-hmm. so they can say, okay, you're actually exactly here within some better precision. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and then now they have so. the phones that can tell when you're in a collision. I don't know if you know this. You no. This? Yeah. The oh, because the accelerometer goes crazy. Yeah. yeah, and they're like, they call 911 right away. Shit, man. Because they sense an acceleration so Don't large. throw your phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I, I'm sure. I'm sure they. I'm sure they can discern. You know, big, big 
a big, big collision like that. Big accelerations are big. Because I imagine, I don't it, know, I imagine people, it measures the impulse. Well, the thing is, people can throw phones at 100 miles an hour. Yeah, you but, can throw something at 100 miles an hour. Yeah, but think about the impulse, though. Like, if you throw your phone, you know, it goes, oh. you have to go like this. You know, you have, it, there's, it's not a sort of instantaneous. Oh, as, I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay, maybe you're right. But that must be the technology. What if you're that, on a roller coaster, though? <laughs> <laughs> so it's got to take that into account maybe. roller coasters can get that maybe so I don't know but this is technology they're building into the phones nowadays where mm. it, takes, it takes advantage of all aspects of like our knowledge in physics and to do this kind of stuff yeah learn physics by just studying the smartphone you'll be an <laughs> expert I promise <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts yeah but you're totally right it, there's I mean there's probably yeah because you have to know the thermodynamics to kind of understand mm-hmm. Oh, a ton, because you need to learn how to take the heat off the chip and everything. The uh, the whole reason for the ARM chip was to optimize, or one of the big reasons is to optimize heat of heat um, efficiency. Yeah. So they have all the components there. You know, if you're running the GPU, the CPU, the memory, all of that in one location, you mm. need to find ways to get that heat yeah. off of the chip. Because phones don't use fans, folks. Right. Yeah. Right. Think about that. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. You know. A hot electronic like that, so <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you're not kidding. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's the one technology that really brings in all of our knowledge together. Yep. Um, which is probably why I really. That's what I'm saying. I really respect the amount of effort. It really is the pinnacle of our knowledge in modern society, and the fact that everyone has one is almost ubiquitous. <laughs> yeah. Every human it's, on Earth, it's insane. Yeah. Uh, it is like the culmination of all physics and engineering almost, yeah. it seems, in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. Wow. So, yeah, Amazing. definitely definitely a big one. Yeah. Like the, like, I don't know, but something that's been big in the news, you know, we're, we're always trying to get better with making, improving, I guess, our bandwidth, uh, you know, download speeds. We, we want the information as fast as possible. Yeah. Um, that's one aspect, E&M, electricity and magnetism that comes into like wireless technology. Right. You know, you even have thing, one thing that it came in the market was uh, wireless charging, which is kind of cool. Um, but we don't have to get into that. We, we can yeah. just talk about like, um, yeah, just you need electricity and magnetism to, to be able to know, you know, when the signal's coming. Yeah, when the signal's coming in, what kind of antenna you need to use, you right. know, material properties that have to come into which antenna is, is good to use. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so much. Yeah, so essentially phones use radio frequency mm-hmm. technology just to communicate like pretty much any other old technology like radios. So you're literally using like the same kind of tech that you used on the old 1960s radios that you use in a cell phone. Of course, it's more advanced but they're still using radio waves. So radio frequencies, interestingly enough. So what makes radio frequencies useful? So it's because I think you can generate them from electrons. So if you know, I actually didn't realize this one, just to <laughs> just okay. put this out there. It's yeah. kind of like one of these things that I, I feel like I should have known, but I actually didn't realize it till recently. If you've ever noticed that we have AC signals, AC signals can only fall within a certain range. So the more, the higher your frequency gets on an AC signal, you actually get a problem with radiation being emitted. So the electrons get so fast 
that essentially they start emitting EM radiation. Mm-hmm. This is the reason why you can't have super fast AC signals, you know, um, let's say across the country, um, and you need amplifiers instead for that high energy because it becomes uh, so noisy that you can't actually communicate a signal. So the way they um, they uh, skirt around this is by making things like coaxial cables. And the coaxial cables, I'm sh- I know you were working on this problem <laughs> uh, recently, Juan. Yeah. Uh, coaxial cables, they shield the, the EM radiation and allow that information to actually be the one that transfers right. the signal. Yeah. So we're used to thinking of electrons actually being the signal transferring body. But when you start to get into radio frequency territory, which is like 10,000 hertz to I think I think it goes to um, one, 1 trillion hertz. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, so that's 10 to the 7 to 10 to the 12th. Um, when you start to get in that range, the EM signal is actually going so fast that it's generating the EM fields down mm-hmm. the line. So radio frequency uses this same technique. So if you see an antenna, it's like a long wire. You're actually sending electrons up and down that wire of line. And then those EM waves are getting generated with that um, electron AC AC um, current, you could say. And those are long distance currents as well. Uh, uh, EM waves are, or radio waves are pretty big. And they allow you to, to um, communicate large distances. So... Yeah, those are the reasons behind why we use radio frequency. It's a, it's also in a nice range where you're not um, hurting anyone because the frequencies are not too crazy. Yeah. So as you folks know, higher higher frequencies are mean, more energy. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, and I mean, and there's an inverse inverse relationship between like wavelength and frequency, right? Right. So, so the radio frequencies are longer wavelength, meaning like you know, they can pass through walls mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which makes them much more, m- much better to use. So, yeah, like, you know, that's why, that's not, why. Not much is going to be affected by it exactly. unless it's tuned into that. Exactly, exactly. Like one big thing, you know, if you enter a tunnel uh, and you can still hear your radio, that's, yeah, that's because it's a longer wavelength. They can pass through that. Right, the barrier. So it's the only way you get in trouble when things are on the order of the same wavelength. Exactly. So if things are the same size as your wavelength, then you're going to get kind of mm-hmm. messed up. So yeah, man, it's 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 just there's so much there's so right. much physics that goes into this is kind <laughs> there of mind boggling. It is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of overwhelming. Yeah, if you think it kind like, of is, you're I, trying to recreate it yourself, you're like, there's no way you can possibly learn a lifetime no, of all of this stuff. No, actually, no, not even. I couldn't. There's so much information that goes into it. In yeah. fact, I believe I don't know who I heard this from, but they were saying that's that's how they think the pyramids were built. What? It, it was just everybody coming together. A lot of people coming together to oh, build this one thing. Maybe so. Um, maybe so. Maybe but then that why was only the Egyptians? Nah, I mean you have you have like, well, I mean that's the only thing standing today. But it might be that mm, it could, there were others. Could, there could have very well been others, but maybe. Maybe, but that's the only one we have today. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a bunch in Egypt, though. Yeah, well, we have a... Yeah, I mean, we have the ones in Central America or here in America. Oh, that's true. But... But but those are much smaller than right, Giza. Right, right, right. You know? So, yeah, it's... um, it, But it's still fascinating, nonetheless, just how much engineering and knowledge went into, like, building this amount of technology. I, I mm-hmm. don't know. I think... uh, Man... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, like even even you know even the memory aspect. I mean, mostly this is a marvel of condensed matter. Yeah, 
but but there is definitely all the other physics are necessary for exactly. a bunch of this stuff. Exactly. So, so if you're fascinated by technology, I mean, condensed matter is definitely like your area, field of, yeah. or area of, of, of interest. Um, I mean, you have one more topic on here. What was it? And it's the, the data storage. Okay, we're sitting at about an hour. Yeah. Well, we kind of touched data storage a little bit, yeah. but I guess I can kind of finish off with it. Yeah, it's in case you folks you know, want to, want to know, um, a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. What would you, what would you say? Like, uh, like, cause I feel like data storage is, is so, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't even know what to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, data storage is very interesting because it's like, um, how do we actually save the information? Yeah. And, um, with phones, of course, you know, a phone is, is doing a lot of shit already. So it's kind of jam packed with a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's not much room to put too much storage. So usually they'll leave like, you know, 16 gigs. Maybe nowadays I'm kind of behind with my phone. <laughs> um, I think I got 8 gig on mine. I forget. Jesus. It's like what? 64 gig is the standard to have in your yeah, phone now? I mean, yeah, it used to be much higher, but companies are now streamlining their phones so they don't allow you to have expanded memory. Okay, yeah. yeah. It doesn't really make sense, right? Because no. you can have micro SDs with 128 gigs and, right. and maybe right, even right. Two, and terabyte gigabytes. Right, right, right. Um, gigabits. Or gigabytes. So um, so it used to be, so just for reference, it used to be that you used to have a hard disk. Yeah. In Inside of a phone. Like, so me and Terrence are old enough to remember the iPods. Yeah. The thick iPods that had, literally, it was a hard drive. Yeah. A portable hard drive. And you could hear the disk spinning. <laughs> It'd be like. <laughs> and it would skip if you fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. And if you dropped it, you, you pretty much. That could have ruined it. <laughs> Some songs might not play. So. Yeah. Or you could break the disc inside of it. You know, yeah. that's very well a possibility. So, so obviously, right there, you can already tell that the hard disc has too many moving parts. So exactly. that's already a major side effect, or a major, I guess, um, symptom that you don't yes. want to have on your storage. Yes. So the memory that's used today with um, f- f- smartphones is called flash memory. Mm-hmm. So flash memory is basically just current within a little cell you could think of it as um it's just using transistors once again um that stores current at certain values and you might be asking like how the fuck can i get 128 gigabytes of memory storage on a micro sd you know the size of less than an inch mm-hmm. you know and my computer i have like you know i'll have a terabyte uh external drive and it's like at least you know kind of a brick yeah it's at least a brick or something but the thing is the phone kind of compensates um error error rates and things or it kind of or what can i say not compensates but it kind of um it kind of optimizes certain features at the expense of others yes so your smartphone micro sds actually use flash memory that's has um a certain um way of uh computing information so if you can imagine this you have a memory cell normally that would be a zero or a one state mm-hmm. so a one state would mean it's on and a zero would mean it's off with the micro sd and phones they have like four states so mm-hmm. they'll go zero um one a quarter you know two uh, uh uh two quarters three quarters and then let's say uh full one mm-hmm. so that's that's not four that's what is that four or five <laughs> i said zero a quarter two Two quarters, three, four. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's five states. <laughs> whatever. Is you, it? it's, this is just, Two, this is just zero, a Zero, one, experiment. two, 
three, four. Okay, five states. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is uh, who said physicists can do arithmetic. Um, but anyway, yeah, so you have those five states. The problem with that is you might be saying, okay, five states is better than two, right? That's true, but the thing is, if you have noise, then let's say instead of if you're at a quarter, if you're between a quarter and two quarters and you're at three quarters, the phone doesn't always you know transmit information in a perfect way mm-hmm. or save things in a perfect way sometimes your voltage might go higher or lower depending and if it's in that re- in that regime it might not know whether it's uh two-fourths yes. or one-fourth voltage yeah. and then you're going to get errors yes so you can yeah you can store more but you might have more errors so the phone kind of it, it optimizes certain things for others so it's optimizing for the amount of space for the smallest piece but you might get more errors and things mm-hmm. So and that's why the lifetime of phones is not as much as say your desktop PC. Right, uh, right. Your lifetime of phones is more than likely, I would say, two to, especially with the batteries nowadays. The batteries degrade. Right. And in, in two years, two three years, you have to get a new one. True. Um, and my phone's like massively slowed down since you know yeah a few years ago. The same thing with the processor. You get enough air, like you know, you get enough errors and stuff to build over time, and the right, the right processor degrades and yeah. I don't even know if it's true, but I imagine that probably some of the storage and things are weaker. Like they have weak, less yeah. write times and exactly. things. So you're 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 gonna have to lose on some ends. Yeah. The computer is like the ultimate if you want to have longevity and also like robustness and mm-hmm. reliability. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so that's how data storage works, essentially. And it's just storing current. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I mentioned that, but it's storing current yes. in those values. And that's how you actually save data. So you'll store like a, a fourth of a current mm-hmm. and then a two-fourths of a current in one cell. And all that current will eventually mean some kind of information. So yeah, that the software's job or whatever that reads and writes for memory, its job is to remember that address. or that's, right. It builds an address, so to say, where to find that information. And it goes and looks for it. Right. And that's where it knows, oh, I have to read this value. And then that's where this information is stored. And right, it, right. It rebuilds that. It and typically you'll have like a collection of bits, which they call yeah. byte, which yeah. is eight bits. Yeah. And those eight bits will mean something like if you have, you know, one, two, or one, zero, one, let's just go back to binary, one, zero, <laughs> zero, one or something. Yeah. That means some letter yeah. or some number. sequence of characters, they string together to mean, and then they mean something. They, yeah. They, yeah. So. Um, and that's it. Man. <laughs> That fried my brain. <laughs> so I right? guess, Wouldn't yeah. Wouldn't you say like it's yeah. kind of, it just blew my mind how much physics is actually inside <laughs> of a phone. Yeah, man. I knew it would be a lucrative topic to yeah. do, or not lucrative, but I guess uh, a, a mentally lucrative. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, um, yeah, you can go for days on this one. You can go for days, probably more than that. You can go for ever on this topic <laughs> but um i guess uh what's yeah. a you got a good question from one let's try to end it um, on a question so how how long do you think how, how many years do you think it would take for you to build your own smartphone <laughs> folks <laughs> shit if you had to collect all the materials yourself, and you're talking if you're not even if you don't even know physics yeah damn <laughs> you think it would take you a lifetime I hope you learn to appreciate. Depends <laughs> on how big of a team you got. <laughs> Can you be Steve Jobs, basically? <laughs> no, I mean, just, yeah, just. And from scratch, or do you mean they get internet help, too? Because internet has all the answers now. Let's say you were trying to build a phone With... before the internet. <laughs> Shit. 
<laughs> Millennia. That's brutal. That's Millennia. brutal. Nah, nah. Maybe nowadays. Let's say. Yeah. Let's, let's say at least you know give all them the, the information. Internet. Yeah. They got access to all the information. Yeah. How long could it? Would it take? How long do you think it would take you? All right. That's a good question. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can give you my number. Yeah. What's your number? Uh, I'm gonna say five years. Oh. Of straight working on it. Alone. Probably. Alone. Shit, Juan. I think so. And you have all the facilities. And uh, yeah, but this is me understanding the physics. I just mm. need to learn the circuitry and okay, <laughs> get a working product and learning all the software. And you're saying stuff. like you could piece it together because you'd already be able to get the parts. Yeah, okay. I already know what I'm looking for. For okay, the most part. yeah, yeah, probably five years. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's ambitious. I don't know if I'd say five. No, but just pretend this is your full time job. Even then, really? <laughs> I'd be a little scared. I'd be. I'm sure you could scared. do it. I'm sure. I think I could, but I'm gonna say to be safe. It's eight. like a PhD project. Yeah, but I'll it's say like eight. Eight, okay. Because I know there's gonna be a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> there's gonna be so much bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, this will make you appreciate how <laughs> how insanely important the level of technology. Yeah. Like an accumulation knowledge. It's gone into creating a modern smartphone. So, Indeed. Yeah. And with so, that. Yeah. With that, folks, thank you. And uh, stay for the outro. All right. Hey, everyone. Thank you for making it to the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. We just want to say once again, thank you. And don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share. And follow us on all those social media platforms that you live in. Yes. So that's, uh, once again, that's... Um Eigen Bros on Twitter. It's um, eigenbros.com. Yes. Make sure to follow the Instagram, which is Eigen Bros. And we also have TikTok, which is Eigen Bros 2. Mm-hmm. And I believe that should be all that I can remember right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. And then, of course, the audio channels, which are, um, you know, we're on Spotify, Apple, yes. Google Play, TuneIn, blah, 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 everything. Yeah. Oh, much. leave us a review, too, if you, if you like, are on Apple Music and stuff. Um, or iTunes or whatever. Yeah, that would help. Just uh, yeah, give us some good reviews. Uh, that helps a lot because right? that bumps us up, man. That bumps us up to uh, it's up the algorithm, bro. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so yeah, do that. Do that if you really care about us. Which I, you know, there's a lot of you who do. There's like a core group of y'all that mm-hmm. it's cool as cool as fuck. You know, yeah, just, we love just you guys. Drop the f word in there. But thank you, folks. <laughs> um, appreciate it, and uh, we'll see y'all soon. See you next time, yeah. guys. Bye bye. I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show?